one who understands the complexities of this ambitious cinematic masterpiece? This movie isn't stupid. You're stupid. I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. The bitch is back, baby! Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my name. Oh, hi, Mark. Can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. You know what I was going to tell you? What I was weird was the fact that the sister wants to be sexually active, but for the fact that he has friends, she thinks it's going to be group sex. Is Do you really think that's what her concern is? Is that... Cause I don't, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of weird. It's like I think she just wants to be married or some shit. Like, oh, you're part. Cause like she says too, like, oh, you're part of the family now. Like, oh, he left his friends. You're, we're all a family now. And his and her dad's like, oh, great. Like everybody's cool with him just like being part of the family. Doesn't make any no, fucking sense. No, what I'm saying is everybody's cool with him being part of the family. Nobody's cool with him having friends. Yeah. No, he can't have friends if he's going to be part of the family. That's because how marriage works. when they were talking about um, sexual activity, she's just like, well, you have your friends, and I'm not looking for group sex. That is true. She does say that. She's not. You're right. She does drop that line. And, oh, that and so my mind was like, what? Yeah. No, that's weird. Let's go ahead and get this kicked off, and then well, I've actually recorded a little bit of it that I'll probably leave in at the top. This is a movie so bad they're good, and uh, we're down a man. We only got our buddy Ryan here. He's back from the dead. Hey, Ryan. What's going on? I guess Ian's dead now. Got hit by a fucking bus, but it's all good. Uh, actually, Ian is not dead. He's not dead. Can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. So after my hit and run coma I woke up out of it and take it I kind of just pointed the finger at Ian mm, so Ian's one responsible for you being in a coma yeah even though it was technically uh, a woman mm. I, I pretty much said it was Ian well I mean sometimes Ian's feeling in the mood and decides to see what it's like the to dress as the opposite sex, so I mean, I can understand the mistake there. You might well, have I woke up really quick out of my coma. Or maybe, and... or maybe Ian got a hold of the wig from Samurai Cop and was trying it on driving around, and he hit you, and you saw that beautiful woman's wig, and you were like, "Oh, that's some lady," and no, it was Ian in the Samurai Cop wig. <laughs> yeah, I can see myself screaming, "Shoot him! Shoot him! Shoot him! Shoot him!" Yeah, I, I think that's it. I uh, I think I think that's. I, I woke up out of my coma pretty quick. It's just that when I heard that you guys are doing another Neil Breen movie, I asked the doctors to put me back in. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. All right, but we are actually doing uh the movie this theme song is based off of is um fucking Troll Two. Our theme song is from Troll Two. In fact, certain points of the movie it kicked in, and I was like, oh shit, that's our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> that we stole from Troll too. <laughs> I realized that on a watch party we did uh, oh, yeah. about a month or two ago, mm. we did Troll 2, and 
the podcast just dropped, and I was, I was like, what? I was like, where is that from? And it was at the Troll Two um, watch uh, watch party. And I yeah. was like, oh wait, that that's our theme song. You damn right it is, man. You damn right. I mean, come on, man. He trying to turn me into a homo. Trying to turn me a homo or something, bro? Like it's this Troll Two. Come on, don't don't, don't get, get yourself together. But uh, nah, man, we're covering Troll Two today. Um, I never seen it. You, I know you've seen it before, and you've kind of been a um, a bit of a fan of it, I'd say, right? Fan is a very strong word. I mean, you know, you love this shit, man. You know, you love it. You fucking, love I'm. It. I was fond of it when I first saw it. It's yeah. just, it's become. It's been. It's been such. I'd say it's a it's a very overrated, so bad it's good movie at this point. Where uh, yeah. it's like I kind of just want to wipe my hands of it. Yeah, like um, they had a documentary made on it, I believe, right? And uh, it kind of got real famous in the so bad it's good. To the, the point, the of documentary, like the documentary is actually made by the kid himself. Really, the 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 young kid in this movie. Joshua. Oh, so the actor, he grew up and then made a documentary of his experience with this movie. Correct. I actually do want to see it. Like, I uh, I actually really enjoyed this movie, actually, man. Like, this shit was hilarious. Like, I think it, I, like, was dying laughing at multiple parts in this movie. Like, just he, um, crying. Oh, oh yeah, I, I agree. And the documentary, it's called The Best Worst Movie. Uh, since he hated this movie so much, it because th- this movie didn't really reach the light of day for a while, and the documentary actually helped put that movie back on the map, and a lot of people started seeing it as like cult status again. Yeah, hmm. and I think I think the only down factor of that was um, a lot of people have forgotten about the very first troll movie which is also free on tubi as well i noticed that i did see that i I actually thought about clicking into that and watching it but i know they're completely different movies and uh this one i would say this troll 2 movie probably the the funnest movie i've watched since starting this podcast i think this movie i've enjoyed the most watching it so uh, it was definitely fun, um, just silly, stupid fun. Like it held my attention through the whole thing. I don't think there was any parts that I felt were too boring. Really, whenever it kind of maybe meandered into something, there was some weird thing that happened that kind of brought me back in. So uh, let's get into the plot, and then we can talk about what's bad and what's good, and we can get into more of these details that you know we've already kind of got into a little bit of it. Um, so, plot goes, Ryan, you want to break down the plot for us, good sir? Um, sure. So, the plot of this movie revolves around a little boy named Joshua and his family who have just, uh, lost their grandfather after we were shown a storytelling between them two about these goblins, which right off the bat, this movie has already told you that this movie is about goblins and not trolls. That's right. 
like really quick into the movie because this movie yeah, just right. starts. Yeah, yeah, it, it does, man. Like, there's a small setup, like you're saying here, where the grand the, and, and it's the you know this is the other thing too. It's the ghost of the grandpa, right? So yes. that that's what's even more amazing is you start off with the boy talking to a ghost of his dead grandpa. And because like when you start, you, you don't think that it's just a little boy getting told a story. And then shortly after, it's like, oh, no, he's dead. And he's seeing his dead grandpa telling him stories about goblins, which in and of itself is very strange. Like and his name is Grandpa Seth, which is also my name. My name's Seth. So maybe one day I will be Grandpa Seth, and then I can come back and haunt my grandchildren by telling them goblin stories as they sleep. <laughs> well, well, That's you are hope. in your thirties. You are, you are in your what your late twenties, right, Seth? I can already start seeing you in your grandpa phase. Uh, I'm in my early thirties, man. I'm about to be thirty-one, I think, or thirty-two. I don't know. Oh God, Jesus, it's not looking good for you, Seth. No, it's not, man. I'm um, gonna be reading fucking no. goblin stories in no time, <laughs> and my kids will but, look but, at well, me and say, "What are you going to do to me, Daddy?" And I'm just telling but, them I don't but know. That one, <laughs> but that was one thing I wanted to point out about this movie is that it's it's with a lot of Italian. Uh, film flicks like these that that are they're Americanized like that. He trying to turn me into a homo. They just start. <laughs> Italian films start. They, they, there's no real introduction. It just starts. Hey, I appreciate that though. I I actually did not mind that. Like you you're right. It starts with. He's telling a story, but you actually see the story reenacted where young guys in the woods and goblins are chasing him and all this kind of stuff. And then it cuts in between Grandpa and Joshua, you know, Grandpa said telling Joshua the story and then seeing the story interacted. So you see goblins right off the bat. Right off the bat, you're seeing monster people. Right so, off the bat. And so, that's, that's pretty cool. So we have... A boy here that is traumatized over the loss of his grandfather that he loved so much while interacting with his family who is setting up a foreign exchange house swap. That was the weirdest thing to me. I don't know if that's an Italian thing. Like I, I, I'm very curious if that's how if that's how Italians is that a uh, a common Italian vacation thing because that's not common for Americans at all to just house swap with somebody. And I love the scene. I, I actually wanted to get the I didn't get as many audio clips as I wanted to. It's been kind of a mess. And I'm trying to rush, but the scene where. That that shit was funny to me. Where they they go to the to the house that they're gonna house the 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 family they're gonna house swap with, and as the family is going to leave, he's like, "You really like our house? It has like a TV and, and a VCR, and it's got a bunch of channels." <laughs> he's just Jeez. like telling him all the so, details of like everything in his house of like so why his house is gonna be awesome for these farmers, and then the the whole time the farmer's family is just ignoring him getting into the car and just driving off as he is continuing to talk to them about his house. <laughs> um, I, I, and it got to a certain point to where after he was spewing off like the usual things that, that you would have into your house, he starts naming stuff like uh, a mini bar, um, 
bunch of other things he didn't even have in his house. Yeah, so, no, right? Yeah, yeah you didn't, didn't see none of that in his house. Like, I didn't know if he had to just keep out spewing out things just to make him excited to be there. Yeah, no, I don't know, man. He was trying to pump up that house though to make it like, yo, bro, this this house is dope, man. We got we got it, we got it all. Yeah, your TV, man. We got TV, man. We got we got. Hey, I got a remote control at the house too, bro. Hey, <laughs> my, yeah. my toilet's work. My toilet's work. There's a fridge in there, man. There's like a bunch of stuff. There's a stereo, dude. You you gonna blow your mind when you see the stereo and you see those cassette tapes we have at the house. You know, those cassette tapes are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's bad enough that he's being on half the shit he didn't even have. Yeah. The people he's talking to didn't didn't look like they had half the shit. Oh yeah, no, no. That he just started naming off. Yeah. So they reached this town of Neilbog, oh, which amazing. nobody gets right off the bat that it's goblin spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. And now with being spooked by the grandpa about goblins existing, mm-hmm. he is like Joshua and his family are right smack in the center of a goblin kingdom. Yeah. Basically, where everybody could be human and just act really weird, but yet go out of their way to get people uh, sustenance. Yeah. Even though it's for them to turn into this, chlor- or is it like a chlor- chloroform, like a plant like substance? Which is their food source. Yeah. Because we're, we're given right off the bat that these these goblins are vegetarians and hate meat. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I actually think... I know originally I think you said this felt like a vegetarian, like a, um, like I guess, pro-vegetarian scene or something like that. It, it was a very preachy scene. I think I think this movie was anti-vegetarian. Like what, what I think this movie was, I I think the writer of this movie was like I've got a bunch of vegetarian friends or like a bunch of people around me that are just hamming it up about being a vegetarian. So then she wrote the story because this is the thing: the vegetarians are the bad guys in this movie. Right, they're the ones that need to be vanquished by the good guys, and they're and the whole concept is that these vegetarian goblins are trying to turn other people into like vegetarians in a sense, like making them into actual vegetables, like actual, like their food source. So, um, I, I took it as that because, like, the greatest thing. That we get to because like you're saying with this plot, they're basically stuck in the middle of a goblin kingdom and it comes to find out the whole town is actually goblins that are like in human form. And so the ending scene, though, when (laughs) the grandpa, dude, this is the funniest shit like this was the best laugh in the whole fucking movie is they're like, uh, all right, Grandpa is a ghost that sometimes 
becomes of substance and he's like he he, he kind of exists in 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 the world and he can like touch things and do things and stuff and then all of a sudden he'll be like oh no i'm not gonna be here anymore and then he, he goes at the most inconvenient times <laughs> for for poor joshua but anyways he gives joshua like here take this and use it whenever you're in serious trouble and he's like, okay. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. What did he give him? Like some kind of weapon? Because we earlier seen Grandpa like shoot lightning out, like snap his fingers in like that uh that Maltov cocktail he gave to Joshua to throw at the house earlier in the fucking movie. He like blows it up on that preacher dude and he sets him on fire. So I'm like, which, oh shit, maybe which the Grandpa can physically touch. Yes, but yet hands it. Hands it to his grandson <laughs> to, to handle. Like you handle this malt of cocktail. <laughs> you like just it. for it to get yanked out of his hand by another adult. <laughs> it's amazing. But anyways, so like I thought, oh shit, maybe he's giving us some kind of weird fucking weapon of shit. When he pulls out a fucking bologna double cheese sandwich, <laughs> and that's his fucking All weapon. Right. First off, and the amount off, of the wait, the amount of bologna in that sandwich was fucking amazing. Look, like that shit was they, thick as fuck. Look, <laughs> he said a double decker bologna. Sandwich. I've never that even was an entire heard. Pack I've never even heard of, of a double decker. <laughs> no, it, it was an entire pack of Oscar Mayer. Baloney with the with the red strip still around it. <laughs> yeah, the red strip was still around it. <laughs> the the producers amazing. didn't even bother. Fuck to no, they didn't the bother with that shit. Around the baloney. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that was the best. That was the fucking best scene ever. And then he he goes to eat. The, the bologna sandwich and like all the goblins are like, oh no, oh my God. And like he takes like a bite or two and then throws the sandwich at the goblins. And they're like, oh. <laughs> then, which, which is weird oh, because there really is no other food in the movie. You know, like physical food that like really cringes them. Just just the the sound and the words of of hearing stuff like sausages makes them oh yeah they're know, like oh, all the crisp. fats oh they'll oh. make you gassy and, and they'll make you oh, and, uh, oh. And, the, yeah, the they, disgusting excrement that yeah, comes yeah. out of them yeah I, I I actually think like the so the, the saving weapon was a fucking bologna sandwich so again I think that this movie is actually like pro carnivores. And it's like preaching this message about like, you know, fuck vegetarians. We're going to fucking eat meat. Like, I feel like that's a bit of this movie. Who knows? Maybe I'm mistaken, but that's how I took it. There's even another scene when they are in the vehicle driving up to Neil Bog and Josh pretty much has his little fit. Yeah. And the mom turns around like after he has like his little dream sequence where it's actually kind of gruesome yeah oh yeah when like, the plants start growing out of his body he has that dream sequence yeah it actually is a little gruesome you're right and and it's weird because she's like josh what's wrong here why don't you eat something 
And then it, the camera doesn't even pan off to look at what she has in her hand. Mm. It yes. just closes on her face as she goes here. Yeah. Would you like to eat this? She doesn't even say what it is. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it doesn't even, it doesn't even follow. You, you know, I was thinking maybe that scene should have been like here. Would you like something to eat? Yeah. Other than here, eat this. Yeah, eat this fucking shit, you little bitch. <laughs> and it, it never it, shows. Daddy? It. Yep, that's right. Um, so I mean, we kind of got down onto the plot. It's basically just a type of horror movie surviving a town overrun with goblins and all that shit. It really feels kind of goosebumpy. You know, I was actually mentioning this to somebody, and they brought up goosebumps because you know, you remember that one in the basement, the goosebump uh, story. Where the dad uh, is like making these kind of plants in the basement, and then like starts turning people into plants. Don't don't it's like don't go down in the basement. Yeah, don't go down in the basement. Yep, that's it. Where it, where on the book it shows like a little plant hand. Yeah, come out of the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't go down in the basement. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Well, it reminded me of that. A buddy of mine I was talking to about this movie reminded me of that. And I was like, you know what? Shit, yeah, you're right. So, uh, But anyways, we got the plot down. Let's go ahead and get into what's good and what's bad. We'll start with what's bad on this movie first. And so I will start with this clip. Here. You trying to turn me into a homo? Wouldn't it be too hard? If my father discovers you here, he'd cut off your little nuts and eat them. First of all, your dad eating children's nuts is pretty weird. Uh, I'll put that down as a bad. You definitely should okay. not chop off teenager nuts and eat them. That's a weird threat to make to your boyfriend, too. Like, my dad's going to eat your nuts. Like, <laughs> like that is that like, is that like how you're going to scare it's, your boyfriend? Like, I, 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 I know Alicia he telling, was her boyfriend. Yeah. I, I, know, I, I know that he was her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But it, sometimes I feel like he wasn't. Yeah, no, it was it was it was kind of weird. But you know, all these lines felt real stilted too. Like even the way you can hear the delivery of the lines, like with some people, it worked. Honestly, the best actor I think in this movie was fucking Joshua. He actually delivered lines with a little more umph and feeling. Hey, hey, hey Seth. Yeah. Hey, I'm. What are you doing, you douchebag? No, sorry. Uh, the girlfriend was calling me. Motherfucker. You mind? You mind? Mind if I pause it for a second? Sure, man. Not a problem. Sorry about that. Hey guys, sorry about that. I had a little interruption, but we are back, and we were in the middle of talking about what's bad, and I was playing a scene for you about when the daughter is having a dialogue. Is having some dialogue with uh, her boyfriend, and we was talking about how she doesn't really. He don't really seem like the boyfriend because like the dialogue is so stilted in some of the ways, and I think Joshua, that actor, the little boy, was probably one of the better actors as far as like line delivery. But everybody felt pretty, uh, pretty stiff, pretty strange in the way that they're like they 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 clearly felt like they were reading exactly what's on the script and delivering that exactly. Like, not allowed to, like, riff or do anything on their own. They just had to read what was on the page and do the best you can with it, no matter if it sounded very natural. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, finish her dialogue here. He can't stand you. And, and you? 
I like you. Hey, no, these are cute. These are cute. Hey. Hey. Okay, I'll tell my father that you're coming with us tomorrow. Where are we going? Nilbog, a wonderful half-empty town. Oh, Elliot, it will be wonderful. So you can hear there, that was pretty terrible. Um, uh, like, oh, Elliot, it'll be wonderful. It's such a strange way to go about that. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a weird whole setup, too, where, like, like, she's saying that the dad doesn't like him, but the dad's just gonna be like, cool, come join in on our vacation? Question mark? Where we're gonna house swap with some other family that's, like, farmer somewhere? Like, it's very, very weird. It, not, I, not to mention the dad was actually willing to let him tag along if he would have showed up on time. Yeah. It almost feels like if I was like, how that family looks in this movie is like a middle middle income family. So like, I feel like it's very similar to like me, my, my certain situation. I think I'm about middle income, you know, I'm not very fuck i'm not poor i'm not rich i'm just kind of in the middle yeah, but it would be like if i went and found like some of the poorest people i knew and was like hey let's 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 house swap i want to see what it's like to be like you like i found somebody who lives i don't know in the woods in a trailer somewhere and was like yo i want to live in the woods and shit why don't you come live in the city <laughs> let's house swap like that would be almost the iteration today because it's kind of what's happening here. It's like, yo, y'all are like farmers and shit. Y'all don't got shit. You're just out in the woods. Like, God intended. And like, you come to my place and I got like, TV, look, VCR. I got, I got all this stuff, you know? So it's already a strange situation. And then she's just going to be like, oh yeah, my boyfriend's coming too. Because he, he rejected all his friends. Because like, she does give him this here. I have this here. Dear Elliot Cooper, tomorrow morning will be your final judgment. Either me or your boys. Take it or leave it. The beautiful Holly Waits or your lovely little boys. Make a choice, Elliot. I don't understand why the man can't have friends. Like, it's either you with her or you just don't have friends. Like, I, I don't know. And like, um... Because like you said, you brought up earlier, and I don't know if it's in the recording we have, Ryan, but you brought up, she does have a line here of like, oh yeah, um, we're not having your friends around because it's like group sex. Like, I'm not into group sex. I don't want to be gang banged by all your friends. <laughs> so, I thought that was, yeah, that's all fucking kind of weird. Ryan, you there? Yeah, man, I was just uh, muting the dogs were kind of just being rambunctious. Oh, you're fucking animals. Anyways, that's cool, man. But, um, no, nah, like, I'm just agreeing with what you were saying earlier. Like, at first, I thought she was just, like, trying to make this, like, a marriage thing or some shit. Apparently, it's more of a, um, I guess, group sex thing. I don't know. It's fucking weird. But I definitely put a lot of that under bad. I think everything with the daughter is under bad. I think the only thing I actually kind of liked with the daughter was our introduction to her and she's like working out. And the reason why I actually did kind of like that because it, it was very different than the 
typical like female chick that you see in movies. First of all, if they're working out, typically they're doing some kind of aerobics or some some kind of thing like that in movies, especially like 80s movies and shit. In this, you get her on a bench, bench pressing weights. Typically, that's what you catch a dude doing. Now, I'm not saying like women shouldn't do it. Because like, yeah, actually women should do more with weights and, and, and things like that. In, in a regular exercise routine, like you should work out different muscle groups and all that. But um, it, it was it was just different. I don't think I've ever really seen a movie where you open up on a female character and she's like pumping iron, you know. So so would you say she's on some kind of growth hormone? No, because all her, her her entire line delivery, she was just super loud. Yeah, that that is true. But I mean, I, this is the thing. Like, if it was a really well done movie, I would actually have liked it if. Oh, this chick, we introduced her. She's working out. She's in shape. If she was the one that was like like fighting goblins and like almost leading a charge against the goblins, that actually would have been kind of dope for her because it's something you don't normally see. You don't normally see a chick bench pressing like fucking weights and shit and like she's in it. But we get introduced to her like that. But of course, she just just some... Yeah, nothing. Like is she does not really anything. So not to mention she did punch her boyfriend in the face. Yeah, uh, kicked him in the nuts too. That's why he was like, uh, he tried to turn me into a homo. Because apparently, just getting hit in the nuts makes you gay. Like if you <laughs> you hit your boyfriend in the dick enough, he becomes gay. <laughs> like you see, there's a scene where you see him get knocked to the ground, and then you see her standing there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you're like, you're like, whoa. Everything with her, I felt was bad. Like she, she was the only thing that wasn't really that interesting or anything that was that funny. And like even the boyfriend stuff. Like okay, the best thing was actually the friends. So we do get one of the friends. We get this pretty famous scene. They're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. Yeah, where the oh my god scene, which is actually in our intro, <laughs> and it comes from that when he's like coming to the conclusion that uh, his friends being eaten, that no, the chick he runs into in the woods, she gets turned into a plant and gets eaten, and then he's like gonna be turned into a plant too, and we get the oh my god that fucking scene. He's he's Arnold is probably the worst character in this movie. Yeah, I would say so. That's right. He's definitely the worst one. Um, next to that is probably the sister. I think she's pretty bad character in here. Uh, the boyfriend, too. I don't care about him. I did enjoy his friend. That scene where old boy's in, in the fucking RV by himself. And he's watching TV. And then it just changes channel to the fucking Goblin Queen. And she is just walking down the street with a corn of cob in her hand. And, like, she's walking kind of, like, sexually. And also, when we first see her, she's got, like, fucked up teeth. And she's kind of a little, like, stranger looking. And she, like, transforms herself into a younger-ish, like, kind of attractive woman. And Yeah, she, yeah, we, uh, credence. Yeah. 
<clears throat> actually, I've we're, got we're her. Uh, she's actually known like a lot. I've seen too that apparently she's kind of got a uh, notoriety for like her the way she acted throughout this movie. She's very over the top in her portrayal of this kind of goblin queen villain. She was actually probably the best one. I, I said Joshua was. Nah, she is. Joshua was just I, the best out of the family. I, I felt. I honestly think that the two best characters in this movie was was her and George Hardy's character, the father. Yeah, he had some pretty great lines, and he delivered them pretty decently too. Uh, so we'll actually get into those right now. So let me, let me, uh, we don't, we'll save that for good. Let, let's let's save that for good because that's definitely good. The Goblin Queen is good, and the dad stuff is pretty good. The camp piss on hospitality is pretty great. What else is fucking bad with this movie that you'd say before we get into the good? I would definitely say also, I'm going to add in right before you go, turning them into vegetables. Not that concept. That's just hilarious to me. But the fact that they just turn into like goop. Like I actually would have found it funnier if they actually turned into a salad. Like just a leafy salad. Or they turned into a carrot or something. But they really just almost disintegrate into green goop. And like they're kind of just green and uh, I guess a little salady kind of. But like uh, transformation kind of sucked. But anyways, go ahead. You're, you're shot. What's bad? Oh, man. I know we're, we're kind of just skipping around, which is fine. Yeah. Um, well, we already ran but, down the basic plot. So now we're just jumping in on bad and good parts of the movie. So this is all the bad stuff. No, no. What I feel is bad is, you know, want to go all the way to the beginning and kind of just start from there a little bit. When Grandpa's telling the story and he mentions the character is, um, he says that he is eating and drinking in joy. And I sat there and asked myself, is he eating and drinking the goo at the same time? Because I know he's not eating and separately drinking something else. Mm, yeah. No, I, I felt that was delivered kind of bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. What's bad, other than the father, the entire family is bad. Oh, yeah, the sister, too. I'm going to say her crazy dancing. It made me think of when she was doing all that crazy-ass fucking dancing. It made me think of that Dave Chappelle sketch, one of the first ones in his his show, in the Dave Chappelle show, where he's with the black chick in the car, and they see this white chick outside dancing, and he's like, oh, my God, that crazy dancing made my penis off. And he, like, fucking drives the car and splashes her with water outside. And they're all just laughing while the black chick is just going to town dancing in the car. And I was like, that's where that scene came from. It's shit like this, where we see this white girl dancing and it looks fucking terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. So she's she's terrible because she of the fact terrible. that her, her, her line... How her line delivery is just so loud. Yeah. Like, she is the loudest person in this movie. And her whole deal is with her boyfriend is that she does not like the fact that he has friends. Mm-hmm. So she wants a future with him that does that does not associate with any type of friends. Because I seriously think she has no friends. Yeah, so, I would suspect that. She definitely doesn't seem to have any type of girlfriend or there was no like interaction at all with like, oh, I'm going to call my girlfriend Sheila or whatever. Fuck, you know, like. Now, Joshua, being the main character, he's he has like no sense of direction. His whatsoever. friend is his dead grandpa. <laughs> and he's paranoid 
about everything. He's constantly asking his grandpa, who's dead at this point, for yeah. everything. Yeah. And he's he's whiny and he's worried about everything in this movie. And there's just he sees nothing good, and he doesn't even use any type of common sense. No, like he really. doesn't put two and two together unless Grandpa does it for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, like now, everything's like, Grandpa, I need help. Yeah. That's true, and, too. <clears throat> but the scariest thing about this movie is the mom. Yeah. The mom had the most eerie, straightforward-looking face where I – there was right. even one scene. There was even one scene where she didn't even blink. She did have a lot of strange facial behavior throughout the movie. Like a lot of wide-eyed looks too. Like her eyes would be big and she'd be delivering lines and like you, like exactly that. Like she wouldn't blink. And it, she was very bizarre through the whole movie. You're right. Like whenever the, no, dad, whenever the dad was on screen, it was fun. You're right about that. His acting and his delivery on things. It wasn't good. It was just fun. Like, his lines were funny. I don't know. Something about his presence on screen was just fun and funny. The yeah, kid... Yeah, he was... He, was, he, was, he seemed... His character seemed very optimistic. The actor himself seemed very enthusiastic about doing the role. He sounded enthusiastic about the lines, if, if, but, like, he definitely yeah, delivered yeah, them it's badly. But I actually think the actual kid, Joshua, gave a better performance... I think it's just the character itself was written not that well. And it just leaned on dead grandpa a lot. But the best performance was the Goblin Queen. But that'll get into the good. So, But I do agree with you about the mom. That's a bad. Like, um, that is well, Yeah, because one, one thing I did want to point out was the fact about the mom. Uh, dealing with the documentary... is If you were to watch the documentary, mm. uh, the guy who plays the dad, George Hardy... Yeah. He's... He he's like a he's like a small time dentist. Okay. And he and he's very optimistic and they and he and he was asked to be a part of the documentary and he was okay. Like he was more than okay. He came up with the idea of getting the mom to be a part of it. Turns out not only did she only have one movie role, which was that movie, but after that movie she had a mental breakdown. Oh shit, huh? Yeah. She, so yeah, there's she. even a point in the documentary he goes to her house and she 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 had that look like she saw a witch. Hmm. You know, and she had like no idea who he was and she has no idea what's going on. She's like That's very bizarre. senile. Wow, I'm gonna think of that documentary. Um, I think I'd actually really like to watch that documentary after this movie. I think That's I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, and and of course, going still with the bad is Arnold. He's the worst character in this movie. He's just he's just he's human the, garbage. He's the guy that I played the oh my god thing, right? That's him. Yeah, that's that's Arnold. Yeah, his like like uh, he it's, had one really bizarre line too, where he first meets the girl. And um, he gives her a dick joke line, which is fucking terrible. Because the girl's like running and screaming, and she's like, oh my god, oh, you're human? He's like, yeah, I'm human. You want to see? It's like, come on, dude. Get your fucking fucking dick and get the fuck out of here, man. (laughs) The girl is clearly in duress. Like, her clothes is ripped. He chases her. 
Yeah. Oh, he like tackles her on the ground. You're right. It's bad. Yeah, Arnold's piece of shit. He deserved to be turned into a fucking plant, which was pretty great. So when the goblins show up, he's just like, I'll handle this. And he, he starts to inflate himself as he's bigger yeah. than these goblins, but yet he's about the same height. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And he is. Like, one or two of the goblins much- were actually, like, dead on, like, his height. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he bullies them into, like, hey, you nerds, better get out of here. Or you're going to be in big trouble and walks away like, what do you think about that? <laughs> and one of them, and, and the funny part about it is they huddle up. They discuss this in a huddle. Turn, he takes his spear and he throws it at him. Oh, yeah, that was great. And it just probably one of the fun. It's, it's, it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie because after he gives that terrible speech yeah they all just look at each other and huddle as if they're confused so they kind of just talk about it yeah and then they react mm. yep that's true what else you'd say is a bad in this movie man trying to figure out whether credence was a ugly young goblin queen or like a super hot old goblin queen yeah not right it was confusing Dicks were confused watching this movie. That's for sure. But she was actually her whole her whole thing being an old goblin queen mm-hmm. is just that she she you could tell by her skin tone she has her youth, but her but but all the powdered makeup she's pale. Yeah, with yeah. with the black and white and like she didn't put any chapstick on, so her lips got really dry with her mm-hmm. teeth being rotten. Yeah, yeah. Then, then just to, and then, and then the whole story unfolds about, you know, about Stonehenge. Yeah. It's, Hmm. it's like, yeah, she was just very, just overacting with everything. I think else was bad too, was just the, the, the usage of magic powers. There was no real rules set for any of the magic, and I never knew that goblins just had magic. I just thought they were like little monster creatures. But apparently, she has access it's to, trolls. to magic. It's and, trolls that has magic. Uh, well, they were just mixing trolls and goblins then in this. So, I also I also did like the scene, but I guess it goes under. I don't know what this goes under, good or bad, where the 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 preacher guy who's a goblin is like telling the grandpa like you're I'm going to send you back to hell. And I was like, "Oh shit, grandpa's in hell?" And then and then Joshua goes, he goes, "Grandpa, are you in hell?" <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> this little kid like now is left with this knowledge that my grandpa's burning in hell but then he comes sees me from time to time and reads me goblin stories <laughs> but then grandpa's like oh no i'm not in hell he's lying or whatever and i was like oh okay <laughs> that that was another bad was oh, the fact of grandpa so we are introduced grandpa and he is a specter Oh yeah, and 
Oh, this is a bad right here. I think this falls in line with what you're going to say. Let me let me play this scene for you, and I'll tee you up with this. Here you go. What happened? You were in the wrong room. Holly was sleeping there. I still have to learn the layout of this house. This is an evil place. It is the kingdom of the goblins. But why don't you tell my mommy and daddy these things? They don't listen to me. Your mother has never taken my advice. That's why she married that good-for-nothing. Yeah, taking cheap shots at dad. Ooh, yep. Bold-ass grandpa. Yeah, grandpa's Ooh, taking shit. cheap shots at, at, at dad. That's definitely a bad, as well as basically yeah. throwing it all off on Josh to be like, you do it. No, I'm not going to. Yeah. No, you're telling, me, I mean, you're telling me that your daughter would not would not listening to her dead dad coming back and like telling her shit. Oh no, she's not going to listen to that because in life she never listened to you. Well, yeah, you were alive then. If a ghost of somebody comes to me, it, like I'm going to listen. I'm definitely going to listen. Get the fuck out of here, grandpa. You're just throwing off your job on your son, on your grandson. Grandpa, it's like, grandpa, did you not notice that the names on the doors? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're, we're going to get to that in a minute. The names on the doors I mean, are very important. Do you know Do you know what the names on the doors are? Do you know what that is, Ryan? You know, do you I know? do, but I really want you to tell everybody. Okay, well, we're going to do that. Are we ready? Are we done with the bad? Are we ready to get into the good? No, we are not done with the bad. So what's not next on the bad? What next, what's next with the um, bad, then? Well, this just goes hand in hand with Grandpa. Are we led to believe that he's just a brand new, being a new specter, that he does not know the rules about when he can manifest and when he can't? Because it just seems like sometimes he can show up and do cool things, but then he's like, I'm here to help you, Josh, but I can't help you. Yeah, no, I, I, I have no clue. Like That shit was just like, it was basically just the writer like, okay, we need... You know, oh, Josh is alone with a bunch of goblins. The only way to get out, yeah, Grandpa comes back and does some shit. Okay, now, Grandpa comes back and does this shit, and but now he can't do this shit because we got to make it a little harder for him and stuff. Like, it was just kind of so loose on the hip of, like, what kind of powers Grandpa has. Like, I didn't understand. Like, he could blow up I, multiple I, cocktails with, like, his mind power, but, like, then can't help his grandson... He is less help to his grandson than a bologna sandwich is at the end of this fucking movie. But he the has a double the power. decker bologna sandwich had more power than Grandpa did in this entire movie. But Grandpa technically has the power of pyrokinesis, of manipulating fire with his mind, because he blew up that Malta of cocktail with his mind and set that preacher on fire. So I'm confused at what's more powerful Grandpa or bologna sandwich? I don't know. And it's definitely Didn't he goes also pick bed. up an axe? He, I think he did pick up an axe. I'm trying he to picked remember up an axe. what he did when with the, it. When, what, what happened was Joshua ran into the room and was screaming for Grandpa because they were having a party downstairs. The goblins threw them a party. Yeah, that's so right. Joshua ran upstairs, called for Grandpa in the mirror, but a troll, which actually is the only jump scare in this movie where mm. the the um, I'm sorry, you saying troll. It's a goblin. Yeah, well, a the goblin. goblin queen kind of pops out of the mirror. Like, yeah, I actually was like, oh, that's the the, the only jump scare. It was like, oh shit, okay. 
Right. You know, so, it. Yeah. The, so, the, so her as a goblin attacks Joshua, but then when he screams for Grandpa, you see an axe come down and chop off her hand. That's right. You see it, Grandpa holding the axe. And then, and then, like he he not only chops off the hand of that. Well, actually, he chops off the hand of like some goblin, and it turns out it's also the Goblin Queen, like controlling that goblin from her headquarters, her little hideout. And yeah, he ends up chopping her hand off too, and she sticks well, it in well, the magic no. rock. And I, I think it. It, it she she was the goblin. Maybe so. Maybe she was manifesting, but she was also I, in her her place by the magic rock, and she was like possessing she, that goblin somehow. So I only yeah. say that because because after the goblin got his hand cut off, the goblin jumps back into the mirror. Okay. All right. It, yeah. Maybe so. It's okay. one thing. Yeah. It's one thing of the goblin got his hand cut off and he hemorrhages and just dies on the ground. Yeah. And then you see her holding her hand cause she's controlling him. But the goblin turns around and hops right back into the shattered mirror. Okay. And then now you see her. Yeah. That's the only time we see her turn into a goblin then at least. Cause then for the rest of it, she's just, you know, her female form. So yeah. What else you got listed under a bed? Well, after grandpa sets that dude on fire, He's now in goblin form, burned to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And True. and everybody's looking around like, he was one of us. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> and, and the families Grandpa look on their faces. It's like, oh, well, there, there are goblins. And also, Grandpa is also a ghost that's real. I think that's when they actually find out that Grandpa's real. Like, the son's not making it up. Because most of the movie, they're like, oh, shut up, little kid. You're fucking making this shit up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, wait. Grandpa is still coming back as a ghost. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, blowing up. Uh, I think I think I have one more one more bad thing, and I think we could just move on from yeah, there unless you do. have anything. No, nah, I think that we got to get into the good. So go ahead and give us your last bad. Last bad was, even though, take it, I do not think this scene is bad. I just think the execution was bad. When the Goblin Queen becomes young and seduces that guy with a corn on the cob, I was definitely putting that under good. So let's well, go ahead and do that under good. No, no, no. <laughs> that that is good. My problem is after it happens, what what was the reason? Oh yeah, no, what that's was the point. True. Yeah, uh, I it guess was one thing if she would seduce him to like turn him into goo or turn him into a goblin. He's just she just covers him in popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Before he even wakes up, he she looks into the mirror and realizes her youth has been retracted. I guess she just needed to get some dick. I don't know, man. Like maybe get, so. Maybe even Goblin Kings because need, you would, need to get it. Yeah. You know? He he bites into the corn of the cob. Dude, that but shit. Yeah, he's amazing. not turning in the goo. Dude, I I seen her like the shit first of all was amazing how she was like came through the TV. And he's like Whoa, she's like, oh, I'm real, and I'm outside. And like, why don't you come outside? Like, first of all, fucking crazy-ass bitch is talking to me through a TV. Mm-mm. I stay inside. Uh, I'm not that, that that interested. How the fuck are you talking through my TV? And then I'm in an RV. So I'd actually like to know, like, I didn't even see the antenna. Or, like, are you just draining that RV battery for your TV? Like, I don't know. doesn't matter. Anyway, um... Goes outside and she's just got this corn and I was like, oh, it's about to be sexy time. And I was like, is she gonna like fucking dildo herself with this corn? Like, what are you doing with this corn? 
Never did I think that she would put it in her mouth and then like fucking kiss him with the corn. And then he's, she's like, do you like my corn or some shit like that? And he's just like, uh, I really like popcorn. And she's like, oh, that oh, can be arranged. She, she asks him, what? You don't like corn on the cob? He's like, I'd rather popcorn. It turns into popcorn. Yeah, and no, no. The corn is still there. Just popcorn starts popping and just like flying all over the place in the camera view. It's fucking amazing. Then when we cut back to him, he's just in like a shit ton of popcorn. And he's like spitting out popcorn. Like, oh, what the fuck happened? And, um... Yeah, and it, there's no reason. Like you, yeah. I don't. I don't think he died. I, I don't think anything happened to him. He just kind of just got laid by the Goblin Queen and had a bunch of popcorn. So, yeah, because we we saw the fate of what happens to all all the friends. Yeah, we see what happens to them. Yeah, they all just dead. That, yep. It's just that well, one of them who drinks the milk and eats that green burger. Starts turning. Yeah. But the last thing you see of him, he gets he gets slapped onto the bed. Yeah, that's and right. And then Arnold is is cut down as a tree because he's just like, get me out of here. Oh, that shit was funny too. She was like, you're going to be punished. And she pulls a chainsaw out. And I was like, oh shit, she's about to cut this motherfucker up. And he, she's like, it's going to tickle a bit. And I was like, wait, what? And then she starts chainsawing him and he just starts giggling. And I was like... Wait, what? I thought you was about to like fucking punish this dude for trying to get away. Instead, you're tickling him with a chainsaw. That's fucking weird, man. So, so, so <laughs> technically, Arnold is the only one who actually had any type of like bad thing happen to him. Yeah, and he deserved it too. So he, he um, did. He was, and that shit. goes under good. Let's get into this good man. We've been dancing around it. The best fucking scene ever. Here we go. Joshua is not a little shit. He's just very sensitive. Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means? Hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? Tighten my belt by one loop so I don't feel hunger pains. And your sister and mother will have to do likewise. Okay, Joshua, you want to get rough with me? You want to show me that you don't like the choice of this house for our vacation by going on a hunger strike? Well, I'll accept the challenge. But just remember, when I was your age, I really did suffer from hunger. We'll see who gets through this. But just remember, I've got more practice than you. I'll see you tomorrow. First of all, he says just remember like 10 times in that fucking scene. Second of all, I love the the jump in conclusion that the reason why he pissed on all the food was to go on a hunger strike. And his, his, and his response to that is, I'm up to the challenge. I've starved my childhood. I'm prepared to go hungry. <laughs> like, all I've got to do is tighten my belt and it'll help me stay full. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Dude, that whole scene had me falling out. The only thing I think had me laugh harder than that scene was the bologna sandwich scene. Scene, because I don't know if anything can top that bologna sandwich scene for me personally. That's definitely a good. But this scene here is fucking amazing. And what's crazy is like, and to set this scene up for anybody who hasn't seen it, 
they're they're in the house. They did the house swap with the family, and they think like they see all this food laid out, and they're like, "Oh, see, these are good people. This is hospitality. This is hospitality. They left all this food out for us. We're gonna eat it." So they're all about to eat it, and Grandpa, and this is where Grandpa also has another superpower that we never see come back again, where he can stop time. He snapped his fingers and tells Joshua, hey, you have 30 seconds. Figure out a way to stop your family from eating the food. Which you can clearly see all the actors are still kind of shaking. Yeah, like they have the food in their hand or they have the drink, like a cup. And they're like, they're still as fuck as they can be, but they're still kind of like shaking because they're like pretending to be still. Amazing. And so Joshua's like, shit. 30 seconds. What what the fuck do I do? And of course, he gets the idea to piss on all the food. Yeah, but how long does it take him? He had 30 seconds. It took him nearly 20 seconds. Yeah, like he literally had like five seconds to piss on all that food. <laughs> but he did the job. He, he did the job. What are you going to do to me, Daddy? He asked the question. And he did the job, and Daddy didn't. And you know what? Dad didn't spank him. Instead, he was like, "I'm ready for the challenge. Are you ready to go hungry? Cause I'm ready. I've been hungry all my childhood. I didn't have fucking food. I tightened my belt and I made it alive. So if you want to go on if a you, hunger strike, <laughs> if you go to Alamo Draft House. To, uh, we have Alamo draft here, and every time Ian and I would go see like the room watch party uh, while we were waiting, it would always show that scene. Mm. It showed that particular scene every time. And it's amazing. I remember seeing it was actually that scene, uh, not at Alamo draft house, but I remember seeing that scene like on a compilation of bad movies. Is what made me want to watch Troll Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty. That's pretty great, dude. That scene is hilarious. It's just him. He's just like when he when he just puts his belt in another loop. Like I lost my shit because I really thought he was gonna whip his ass. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought like, oh, he's about to spank him. Because even the mom is like, oh, please don't don't spank him and stuff. And he's got the kid over his shoulder. She, she says, don't hit him. Yeah, yeah, she asks him. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to hit you. I'm ready for the challenge to starve, motherfucker. Let's go. So like, oh, are we shit. led to believe that he has hit Josh before? I mean, probably. I mean, that, that was fairly common back then. Um I mean, even nowadays, there's probably still some people who do where, you know, you spank your child. I grew up being spanked. I wasn't beaten. I wasn't, like, punched in the face or nothing. Like, I was just, you go to your room, dad get a belt, you know, once, maybe twice on the rear end, and that's it. You know? and No, like, no, no. It's one thing if she'd be like, like, you know, please don't spank him, yeah. stuff like that. The way she begged was cringing. Yeah, it's true, to, but her whole performance was kind of like that, though. So I don't know what to make of it because her whole shit was just fucking bizarre as hell. So. Yeah, because she doesn't she doesn't know that that one song that you know she likes that Josh sings. Yeah. 
Oh shit! What, what what's a what's a what are some goods for you? So we did that. That's a good. The bologna sandwich definitely goes under good. Um, the Goblin Queen corn on the cob is definitely a good. Uh, what else do you have? That's a good. Um, the scene when Josh um, shows up on the townspeople while the preacher was talking, and and he starts talking about everything that's wrong with meat and why they hated it. Oh, and I sat there amazing. like, like the very preachy stuff about meat. Mm. Turns out there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, it is true. There, there is some truth to it. So that, that is pretty, that's again, I felt like there was like some like, Oh, my friends are vegetarians. I'm going to write this script. This is some of the shit they really been saying about like meat eaters and stuff. But at the end of the movie, like, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if this goes under good or bad, but I will say the ending tried to be those, like, typical, like, horror-like endings where, oh, my God, it's still around. Where they leave thinking they've beaten all the goblins, and they go home, but, of course, Mom has to have a fruit. Like, she can't just have meat like a normal person. But she's got it, made, an apple. it made no sense. Yeah. No, it didn't. But... Uh, the only way it would have made sense if it was like a carrot no not even or that if it, was like a, if it was a vegetable no not even that not even that because I mean apples still fit in the vegetarian type of diet the The thing that would have made sense is if the family they house swapped with was actually gone the whole time and they were waiting at that house that would have been it they fucked that up though because they go, the dad goes and saves the kid uh, from all the townspeople in that scene. In fact, the same scene I think you was talking about, where they was talking about how meat people yeah. eat are disgusting and all that. And uh, he's like, they're like, oh, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be at our house? And and they're just like, oh, my truck broke down. Yeah, well, we're going to try and go tomorrow or something. So, but they were there the whole time. If they would have actually been gone, that could have been that, oh, shit, the family did go house sit. Like, they all went to their house, and they put shit in the fruit and all that kind of stuff. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I would get it then. But, like, it, it, it was, For me, it, it felt was, like it felt very suggestive. Yeah. Because throughout the entire movie, it's been nothing but, it's been nothing but vegetables. Everything that, that is tied with, you know... Like, but that's uh, the that's the green the green and, food has just been kind of slop. I mean, hell, the one of the kids had a had a green burger, like the like a burger with the green shit in it. Like that's that's what they had. So like they, they didn't just right. But but the but the apple that she bit into was not green no. until it is revealed later. Of course, because they and wanted to throw the audience off and didn't like be like, oh my god, you know they're there and they got her and blah blah blah. So you know whatever. I mean, it is what it is, but uh, yeah, I feel like it, it might still go under bad, but at least that's the little twist in it I wanted to bring up. I know we're in the goods, but I think that sticks under there with the bad. Uh, yeah, because the, the dad's like, hey, I'm going to the office. But I'll tell you what, to, to go along with your good, though, I think, about them just naming like all the shit that's bad with meat and shit, I just thought it was hilarious some of the over-the-top ways they were doing. Like, they actually called coffee the devil's drink like like, like he drink coffee like oh that's a devil's drink <laughs> like all we got is just fucking milk 
it's fucking like curd it like blocky no, you, fucking you milk. Can't, you, you can't forget. Um, you can't forget after the coffee. He goes eggs. No, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. They, they, they when he started naming shit, like no, all we got is this fucking milk. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's good for you. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's about it for all the goods that I have and the bads. Uh, do you have any more? I know we've kind of been going in on this. Um, I think that's about it. I'd like to get into some of the facts on this movie. Um, I've got a few pulled up, and you can add in wherever. You've got it, especially if you watch the documentary. Let me know. So they did say that apparently the entire cast went to a casting call hoping to be extras and ended up in lead roles, which is pretty fantastic. Which is hilarious. Director Claudio Fragoso is still Fagasso is still angry about the film's poor reception. Apparently, he crashed a cast reunion Q and A. And after he was escorted out of the room, he heckled the cast from the hallway, calling them liars and dogs as they answered fan questions. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, I remember watching the documentary, and um, he just sat there. Like, every time they would show like a scene of something, and they would talk about, you know, what was wrong with, like, what was wrong with this movie. It would pan back over to him. And the thing is, Claudio Fagasso, his English was not so good. So he yeah. he mainly spoke Italian, had the subtitles. And he would have to sit there and explain why he worked with what he had. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, as far as, oh, this is how much money they gave me. Or when I ask for costumes, they're like, here, use this from this leftover studio. Mm. And throughout the entire time, he's explaining, you know, how he was able to make this work and, you know, how many takes. And I know towards the end of the documentary, he uh, he's actually invited by the guy who plays Joshua to like a screening of Troll 2 at like a dry at like this little it looks like one of those those Ricky Dink theaters where they do like move it's like Alamo Draft House yeah. where they just do movie parties and shit where people take like the most ridiculous overtop movies and they celebrate it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he showed up with his wife. Mm. His wife had to convince him to go because he, he didn't want to be associated with it. Yeah. And then finally when he went and he saw everybody applauding and he sat there and he just waved at the crowd. That's cool. At least he kind of came around on it, but it sounded like he had his ups and downs about and some mixed feelings. Like, this was his work. I get it, man. Like, I know sometimes it's fun to clown and joke about these movies, but, like, people, even in the in the bad movies, people put in work, man. Some, some of these movies, man, people put in time and work and edit and, yeah, I mean, maybe it's not, all the money on the screen like a fucking Marvel film or some shit, and maybe it's not these things, but they still have some kind of life 
I think. And like I, and even on this podcast too, like I don't want it to be just us. Oh, this movie's terrible. Let's shit on. It. I don't want to shit on it. This is. I, I do want this to be more of a. Um, like almost a celebration of it too, but also to be able to point out like this stuff was bad and this stuff was good. That's why we kind of have that split of what's good and what's bad. And like, you know, stuff that was just fun or not and whatever, man. Like I'm not a fucking movie critic. Who cares a fuck about that shit? Like we Yeah, just, no, 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 none of us are movie critics. Exactly. Uh, We're not here trying to tear down anybody's work, anybody's stuff. If it, we just here to, you know, enjoy it if we can. But I mean, like, some of them are chores. Like, those fucking Neil Breen movies are chores. Some of them. Some of them actually aren't so bad, but some of them are rough. So, you know, but notwithstanding, a lot of the movies I've seen in this podcast so far have all had some kind of redeeming qualities and something that was fun or something that was worth a watch. This movie being one of the better ones, I think, so far. Honestly, like I actually really did enjoy this movie for what it was. So yeah, uh, that that's one thing Ian and I, when we first wanted to do it, was to try and hit all the pinnacles of you know uh, infamous so bad it's good movies. Yeah, and of course all the movies that's in the intro and then in the uh the poster and stuff like that we figured we hit all the, we we call it the 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 essentials we were hitting all the essentials before we get into like some really dark territory yeah, yeah, some really weird shit i got you let's go ahead and clip through some of these uh cuz i know it's starting to get kind of late and um i don't want to rush the podcast but we've kind of been on for a bit of time and i do want to try no, just uh I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, um, director Claudio Fragusa and his wife, Rosella Drudy, uh, who only spoke Italian, wrote the screenplay in very poor English. On set, the actor suggested they ad-lib their lines to make the dialogue sound better. Fragusa obeyed that. All the lines had to be read as written, and that's why the dialogue sounds that way. It sounds exactly like that straight just reading what is written so yeah um all of the movie was titled troll 2 you made this comment no connection to the earlier troll film or anything like that now you said that the the they have here in the best worst movie 2009 don packard said that he was in and out of a mental hospital during filming when he watched it later, he realized he wasn't acting in his scenes. He really was as disturbed as his character. So, are you sure it's the mom? Or is it this guy, Don Packard? I think he was the the, stir clerk, the store clerk guy. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. But there, but there really is a scene in the documentary where George Hardy, who plays the dad, he, he suggests to go get her. Okay. So, because what what they wanted to do was get her for the documentary. The, you mean? Well, not only that, but they were talking about uh, since the documentary had came out and became popular. Yeah, it was suggested that that um, that actors and people that were involved with the movie uh, start going to these um, these fan cons. You know. Yeah. And. Yeah. And that was one thing that, you know, the guy who played Arnold, um, 
I want to say the sister, the dad, and a couple other people who were in the movie started doing these little fan cons. Mm. And they were trying to get the mom to the she be a was part like acting like she didn't know who they were. Well, well, yeah, he showed up at the door and it was just like, yeah, uh, last time I heard from her, I haven't spoke to her since the movie. I heard she had a mental breakdown. She was in a mental institute. Yeah, maybe and, maybe her too then. So there was both of them that apparently had some mental institutional problems. But the other guy, Don Packard, he uh, it says that he was in and out of it as well. Uh, for George Hardy's audition, all he did was act out his famous line, you can't piss on hospitality in front of nine smoking Italians, none of whom understood English. George was told that he got the role partially because the Italians loved the energy he put into it. I can feel that. Apparently this had a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but as of 2014 it has a 6%. And I think I even checked it yesterday and it's still at a 6%, I want to say, on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> In fall of 2007, during a special screening in New York, the cast, mis- cast member said that during production, they had serious doubts about how the movie would work. The entire crew spoke only Italian, except for the costume designer, who translated the director's directions to the actors. That's amazing. Yeah, that's 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 got to be rough, trying to communicate between different languages and stuff. Uh, Jason Steadman wore a yellow shirt with a logo during the first half of shooting. It got lost at one point, and instead of refilming all of the scenes with a different shirt, the film crew told Stedman to buy another yellow shirt. The shirt he bought didn't look like his previous yellow shirt, but he still had to wear it for the rest of the production. <laughs> uh, no, what you was going to say? Uh, the boyfriend? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, more... or, or was it the boyfriend, or was it the uh, the guy with the... Uh, the sweat guard. Um, who, who who ate the burger and then started sweating green? And no, I think it's that milk. guy. Yeah, it's that guy. I think it's that guy. The guy who's drinking the milk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's him. Not the boyfriend. Okay. It's him. Uh, co-writer Rosella Rosella Drudy and Claudio Fergusa's wife. Uh, oh, you know, director Claudio Fergusa. Sorry, I misread that. But um, Rosella. She got the idea to write the movie after several of her friends became vegetarian at the same time. There it is. There it is. See, her friends became vegetarians, and she wrote the movie kind of like a, now fuck y'all, y'all turn vegetarian, I'm still eating this cheeseburger. Or this bologna sandwich. (laughs) Whatever she eats. Double-decker bologna sandwich. Yeah, right. When Arnold slowly turns into a tree, Darren Ewing's shoes were screwed into the base of the tree pot, allowing him to remain stationary throughout the scene. He had to stand inside the pot in his tree makeup for 14 hours. Damn! That's, uh, that's gotta be fucking crazy. Uh, the film's trailer consists primarily of alternate takes unused in the final cut. Uh, the infamous "Oh my God" scene is 5.9 million times has been viewed on YouTube. Wild, as of 2017. So it might be more than that. Especially when the fly lands on his forehead. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Packard was cast, so he's the drugstore owner. Yeah, like I was saying, that's the guy who was in and out of the mental ward. He was a drugstore owner. Uh, after the actor who originally cast didn't show up for work. 
So then he just became that. Uh, wait. Claudio Fergusa intended a sequel to the film titled Troll 2 Part 2. Fergusa wanted to shoot a promo while filming Troll 2. Joshua would run into a McDonald's, purchase a cheeseburger, scream, and flee. (laughs) The movie was shot in three weeks. God damn. The actors were only given parts of their script on an scene-by-scene basis, so rarely did they get any kind of context to what was supposed to be happening. George Hardy beat out more than a hundred other men for the role of Michael Waits. Amazing. Michael Paul Stevenson didn't see the film until Christmas 1991 when he received the VHS tape of the movie as a gift. That's amazing. (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) He's your fucking movie. The American VHS cover features an artwork consisting of a little boy with what appears to be a troll doll being chased down a dark corridor by a werewolf brandishing an axe. What the fuck is that? Neither the boy... It was the the cover to Troll 2. Neither the boy nor the werewolf appear in the film. As mentioned before, no trolls appear either. (laughs) How you do film art? It has nothing to do with the movie. Amazing. Yeah, it seems like each cover art they have for that movie had nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. Especially with the one with the boy in the corridor. Mm. Well, here, this is... uh, uh, They get to why he was named Troll 2. Because um, getting into what you just mentioned... The film was originally titled Goblins, but distributors in the U.S. felt the film would not succeed on its own as a standalone project, so they insisted it be named Troll 2. So it wasn't the director and then they named it Troll 2. They actually just wanted to name it Goblins. So that's that That there is, uh, it was the distributors who were like, uh, we'll probably only be able to sell this if we name it with uh, Troll. Well, well, that does go hand in hand with a lot of Italian flakes that are called one thing, but it's like also known as this title, mm. also known as this title. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, the movie Zombie mm. here in the U.S. is released as Zombie, but in Italy, it's known as a.k.a. Zombie 2. Hmm. And that was a lot of the things that Italians were doing to make money is as they were trying to sell it as like sequels to big budget movies uh same thing happened with jaws yeah hmm. there was there was an italian jaws that tried to rip that that called itself like jaws 2 hmm. and of course with terminator and alien and, and all that shit so you know this is the same thing as all those movies it's called one thing but then we also know it as you know. Right now, there's actually there's actually like four or five troll movies. Wow! Because yeah. they all come under different titles, and guess what? They all have they all have nothing to do with trolls. Yes, indeed. It's just distributors. They use this name in America to help. Hmm. I think that's probably a good bit of it too. That's interesting. But uh, what the difference is with all the other troll movies? This movie is loosely based on the format of the first movie. It's the same thing. Hmm. Okay, a a boy and his family go against a mythical creature, and it's well, like a fantasy movie. I tell you this: if any listeners happen to be from Italy, 
I would love to know is is house swap like a real vacation option in Italy? Is that just something done? I'd really like to know. Um, let's go on to the next one. According to cast members, the dance Connie Young does in front of the mirror was ad lib. She had actual cheerleading experience, and apparently she pulled from that to do her dance. Um, the costume designer, Laura Gesmir, is an Indonesian-born actress most famous for her multiple reprisers of Emmanuel, the promiscuous journalist and star character in a number of Italian skin flicks and softcore pornographic movies in the 70s and 80s. All right. Oh, yeah, Emmanuel. Yep, so apparently she is the uh, costume designer. I... Uh, didn't know that. That's actually pretty amazing. All right. Uh, let's go. Uh, next one. The day that they shot the scene in which Credence Lenore Gilgood ugh, uh, descends toward the trailer in a seductive black dress, it was so cold that the actress, Deborah Reed, had difficulty keeping her teeth from chattering. <laughs> the, uh, the entire score was composed by Carlo Maria... Cordillo on a Korg M1 synthesizer. One composition is even nothing more than a sped up Korg M1 demo track. It's <laughs> great, dude. Uh, I wonder if that's the best, like the song they keep going to, like the one that we use in our intro. Like that's the fucking best song. Every time that song kicked on, I was like, "Fucking right, <laughs> I'm on board." Yeah. Now every time I hear that song, I think of the. The beautiful woman that was giving him the potion mm. and all i can think about is her added on freckles yes uh oh yeah that shit was weird yeah uh on the back of the original uk video rental box the town nilbog is misspelled nilborg so it's not goblin <laughs> it's spelled backwards Connie Young didn't see the film until it aired on hbo i didn't even know this shit hit hbo um, apparently Claudio Fergusa refused any kind of assistance from any English speaking crew or cast and you said already George Hardy was a dentist in Salt Lake City the production crew was made up mostly almost entirely of non-English speaking Italians brought to America by Claudio Fergusa the only fluent English speaker on set was Laura Gimzier which is the um, who we talked about the basically the softcore porn actress uh, Fergusso and his crew largely relied on broken pigeon English to communicate with the cast, who recalled not being able to understand much of what went on. Jesus. The whole thing is just them not understanding shit, just doing whatever. It's wild. Deborah Reed, who played the witch, is the real-life mother of Gavin Reed, who portrayed one of the Nilbog children. The two auditioned separately, and the filmmakers cast them without realizing they were related. Amazing. Conan O'Brien is a huge fan of this movie, apparently. Uh, despite the misleading name, no trolls actually appear in the film. We already heard that. Uh, several of the film's props, most notably a couple of masks, were used in a production of Quest for the Mighty Sword from 1990. Uh, wow. The Witch's Home was actually a former church, which was later destroyed in a fire. <laughs> so so you know how you just mentioned the, uh, where the costumes that came from for this movie yeah 
All right, so, okay, so we've already established that they're using, you know, like, fucking costumes from another place. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine another Italian flick using stock footage from Troll 2 in their movie? No. <laughs> what one is that? Well, there is a, another movie, there's an Italian flick out there that is pretty much the ripoff of a ripoff. So... There's a movie out there. I forgot what it's called, but it's the same stock. It is stock footage from Troll Two. Really? Yeah. They say. Um, speaking of the costumes and stuff too, and just the uh, the design of things. Um, the uh, Laura Gimzer uh, design for the costumes consisted of burlap sacks and rubber Halloween masks, some were, which were reused in Joe Diamanto's Ator Barbarian franchise with only one goblin mask modified to have movable mouth. Edward Soruli also bought the rights to a goblin mask used in Troll. So, Ator. That's what it, that's what it was. Ah, there you go. Ator. I said Ator. 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 All Ator is, it's just the Italians trying to do Conan. Mm. Credence, that, that's all that was. Credence Lenore Gelud's uh, main costume consisted primarily of personal family heirlooms, which belonged to the actress Deborah Reed. The dress and many of the pieces of jewelry belonged to her grandmother. Uh, on the wall of Joshua's room, oh, I did want to say this. There's a picture of the Joker by Brian Boland from the book Batman the Killing Joke, written by Alan Moore. I caught that. And I saw that Joker, and at first I was like, man, what is that? I said, I think that's the killing joke, but I was like, oh, I'm not sure. I was trying to remember where that image was. Yeah, he had, not only did he have the Joker, that that iconic image of the Joker where he's like, both his hands are on his head, like in his hair, and you should just see the ha-ha-ha laughs all over the place, and he's got that crazy look on his face. They had that poster up in his wall, but then they also had like 89 Batman and they also had like a Superman poster, like a bunch of DC shit. Like his room was like all DC, Batman, Superman, Joker, and all that shit. Uh, one of the takes when Credence enters the trailer, actress Deborah Reed accidentally slammed her hand in the door, which resulted in a brief production delay as her hand was iced. The film was shot on location in Morgan and Portville, Utah in the summer of 1989. A large M erected in the mountains outland Morgan is visible in some shots. Um, that's about it. So, um... Did, did they ever discuss what the name of that movie was those four idiots were watching in, the, in their RV? No, I don't see any of that. They don't have any of that. You know which one I was talking about? Oh, they got this one that's pretty interesting. But no, I don't. The movie they were watching in the RV, no, I'm not exactly sure. But I know what you're talking show, about. Yeah, it showed like somebody in a monkey suit. All of a sudden, they're firing up in the sky like a rocket. I was like, what movie is that? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, So here, there's a different, there's one more trivia thing here. At 15 minutes, 30 seconds in the Creative Screenwriting Magazine Filmmaker Q&A, included as an audio extra on the Best Worst Movie 2009, Michael Paul Stevenson says the infamous piss on hospitality scene wasn't written that way. 
The script called for him to act possessed, jump on the chair, and start screaming. On the day of the shooting, Claudio Fragusa pulls me aside, looks at the script, and says, Uh, possessed. That bullshit boring. You stand up, you piss on the table. Being 10 years old, I was thinking, what? But Claudio says, you don't worry. You jump on table. You unzip zipper. We cut. Piss on table. <laughs> so I guess that's a little bit of the way he was communicating. That was kind of confusing. But um, that would have been amazing if he actually did piss on that table. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and rate this movie and shut it down. Uh, it's late. And uh, let's get on with it. Uh, of course, the rating system, we rate the quality of the movie. And then the enjoyment of the movie. So, uh, quality for me is going to be four pissed on meals. I think I give the quality a four. It's definitely better than I think most of the other movies I've watched. I've given ones, twos. Um, I mean, they actually did try and use some real practical effects. I mean, they were low budget. They had to use what they had to use. And some of the stuff actually kind of worked. Like they, like you were saying too, like one of the scenes where we seen him in the dream in the car, like that actually was a little disturbing to see those branches out of his fucking head and shit like that of the little kid Joshua. So, uh, and I even had one legitimate jump scare uh, when the, the goblin witch came out of the mirror. You know? I give it to him, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, it's not as good as your typical like horror movie stuff based, you know, most of the things you can come across, but, um, for the movie so bad, they're good. I definitely give it a four, four, uh, pissed on, uh, food items on the table. Uh, maybe I would maybe even go as far as give it a five, but I feel like four is a good place for it. Uh, what do you give it? Um, you know, if you would have asked me when I first saw this movie, I probably would have given a higher quality rating. Although the fact, you know, it is, uh, you know, take take it, like I said, I'm not shitting on it, but since it is low quality and it's just poor production, I've seen this movie more times than I needed to, and it's just, for me, it's beating a dead horse at this point, because nobody ever talks about the first Troll movie at all, mm. and it's, it's, a very, it's a very decent film. Mm. Now, I just want to put this movie to rest. It's like we all know that this is like one of the best, you know, so bad it's good. But it's like I'm just I'm so tired of hearing about it. Mm. So I honestly would probably give this movie five belt loops that Papa Waits didn't have to use. Okay. Yeah, I give it a five. I mean, it, like like I said, take it. You know, we express how we felt about all the actors and all the characters in this movie. But still, like you said, even for an Italian director who spoke no English, it's still kind of put together, like, better than a lot of people would. Yeah. no, Given, I think given so the too. circumstances. It, it, it did flow together decent enough. Like, um, I don't even think there's really much in the way, like... I mean, yeah, you can probably, if you really want to dig into the story, I mean, you can find some moderate plot holes. Uh, but for the most part, like, honestly, I think it was pretty well put together as far as a story. Like, yeah, of course, Ghost Grandpa doesn't make sense. Magic stuff doesn't really make sense. But if you go with it, it is 
family goes on vacation and gets attacked by goblins and beats them. And it's pretty concise with the way it lays out the story. Uh, For for these types of movies, like it's not a Neil Breen disaster where you just have a bunch of plots that are just colliding with each other like a terrible car crash. And you just can't look away as you see everything convulsing, you know, together, like just converging together to make a giant monster, whatever fucking Resident Evil type of mutant plot. (laughs) Mutant monster plot. So uh, this one kept it basic, kept it simple, just like goblins terrorizing stuff. Yeah, they did some weird shit with the magic stuff and all that, but whatever. You're just along for the laughs. So... Yeah, the quality-wise of it, I definitely give it... I think I'd be there with you at a five, actually. I think I'd give it five pissed-on sandwiches. Um, as far as enjoyment, um, i definitely give it ten kernels of popcorn, man. Like, uh, I think I'd give it the full ten. I really enjoyed it. You know, as far as, like, bad movies that are good... For me, it was the first time I've ever seen. I, I've never really heard much of Troll Two. I never watched a documentary. I, I'm not as much in the circles of the bad, so bad they're good. So I don't really have the, I guess, worn out feeling like you have at the moment with it. Um, but for me, like I did walk away enjoying this pretty good. Again, I think it's one of the best ones I've seen so far uh, in all the movies we watched. I think it's the best put together um, than all the movies we watched so far. And, um, like, there was not, like, all the movies, like, uh, Samurai Cop, um, uh, all the ones before, uh, except for maybe, um, Miami Connection. Yeah, Miami Connection. That's the one, I, I don't think I, I felt, like, bored at any moment with that movie. But, like, I know Samurai Cop, I know even Dolomite and that, there were moments in there where I was like, all right. And then something would happen and get me back into it. But uh, this one here, Troll 2, I, I kind of stayed with it the whole time. I, I don't think it really dropped me out because there's always something weird and bizarre. And it didn't feel too long. It didn't feel too dragged out. It just kind of got it to the point and it was done. So, um, Yeah, the, uh, that's one thing about this movie is it's kind of hard to fall asleep. Yeah, there's always something weird, and then even like the, the horror effects, all the weird tree shit coming out. They, they, they always kept the goblins coming. You always got to see them pop up here and there too. Like, I think it balanced everything well. About hey, it's goblin monsters, and like here they are. They're here. You see them right from the beginning, all the way into the end. You're seeing goblins. Like, um, yeah, like honestly, I think if this movie had a bigger budget, and maybe. Uh, an interpreter that can help communicate things better, it actually might be a pretty decent movie. You know? Um, maybe. I mean, you, you do have to take it that there are mo- other movies out there from the 80s, like, you know, like Ghoulies and fucking Hobgoblins and, and stuff like that that are probably slightly bigger budget, but just not really that put together. And doesn't have the same entertainment value, and and as much as I say, you know, watching this movie and people talking about it, people sharing it, it's just beating a dead horse for me at this point. Because yeah. as I said before, I just want to lay it to rest. So, what are you rating it as far as enjoyment, man? But but I can't help it to still give it 
you know, 10 slices of bologna on a double-decker sandwich. Nice. That's it, man. Fucking sandwich of gods. That's right. <clears throat> All right, man. Well, that's the rating. We'll go ahead and shut this shit down. Um, this is movies so bad they're good. Um, you can always find more of it. Go to whosnextgaming.com. That's where this podcast is being held. You can find more episodes there. Or we're on Google Play. We're on Apple Podcasts and many other podcast apps you can find our podcast on. If you cannot find them on a podcast app that you typically like and you happen to come across this episode somehow, send an email in. Who's next? GE at gmail.com. Also, don't be afraid to email in if you have something you want to say. We'll read it on the air. Like if you want to email in about a movie we've covered and you want to chime in and be kind of part of the conversation here, drop a line. And uh, we'll read it and discuss whatever you have written on it. It could definitely be a little segment on here. So, um, you know, if you're listening and you want to chime in, shoot us a line. Who's next? GE at gmail.com. Um, I will give a recommendation for something that's good. Um, <clears throat> that's just like a good thing. It's an anime called Goblin Slayer. In the theme of talking about goblins... There's an anime I watched recently called Goblin Slayer. And uh, it's a pretty dope anime. And uh, it's more of the... It's a good anime. It it really feels like an RPG type video game where the main character is this stoic hero who has this knight armor on and he goes to a town like an RPG and gets like a team like an RPG and like you know, gets missions to go out and extinguish goblins and shit. And this guy's a goblin slayer because he only takes missions to kill goblins because he has a personal vendetta against goblins. Now, in this one, they're not goblins that turn you into vegetables and eat you. These goblins, like, will overrun a village, eat the people there, um, take the women... And, like, bring them down into their lair, rape them, impregnate them, and have little goblin babies out of them. And then they'll dispose of the women when they're done with them. It's pretty brutal, and it can be a little grotesque, so it is of adult, like, pretty extreme adult nature. But it's not overtly. I don't think it's overtly so. There is a, the first episode you do come across a fairly graphic um, rape rape scene. It's you don't see anything like any real like nudity type stuff or anything that's like too disturbing. You it's but you understand like this is happening to this girl and, it, and it's really meant to show the gravity of how bad these goblins are in the show. I don't feel like it was used as like I don't feel like it lingered on things too long. Uh, so uh, if you're squeamish about some themes like that, then maybe it's not for you. But if you're into some real goblin shit, you've liked this movie about goblins or whatever, or, you know, however you feel, and you want to see like a pretty like cool anime that kind of deals with some of those things with goblins, I thought it was pretty well done. The artwork's really great in it. Um, voice acting's great. The characters are kind of fun to to roam with and all that. And um, yeah, it was it was a cool little anime. So. I'll uh, put that out there on that. And uh, I guess with that, I'll shut it down. You got anything else to add, Mr. Ryan? Um, actually, I did have one thing to add. Sure. If 
if that was okay. Yeah, go um, ahead. Just recently on the group, I, I mean, I can't really see everything that happens on the Facebook group, but out of the blue, I just noticed a, a new podcast that just popped up because uh, the, the guy who does it actually is a member of our group. Okay. And he just posted, um, I just noticed he posted his second episode uh, just the other day. Okay. And I asked myself, like, man, I noticed, I've seen this before, but I don't know what, where I've seen it before. Turned out the week before, uh, he was flagged for posting his podcast onto our Facebook page without, without asking admin permission. Okay. So, so I think either nobody caught it, nobody told him anything, and he did it again this time, and it's uh, him and his partner. Okay. Um, so I went ahead and I checked out the episode, and, and of course I'm thinking, oh, okay, these guys are going to do like all the so bad as good movies that we are no familiar with. But they started with an Italian, Italian horror flick. Which was Alien Two. Okay. So I went and listened to the episode, and then I was like immediately hooked. So I went ahead and I went on subscribed to their uh, their podcast. Okay. And, I, and I'm a fan. So I actually gave those guys a shout out. So I want to go ahead and give those guys a shout out at. I think it's Horror Cult Trash Other. Okay. And it's two guys from the UK. Okay, cool. All right. So, yeah, hopefully they pop up more episodes and maybe we could collaborate with each other because yeah. those guys seem to know what they're talking about as far as some uh, some good old cult classics. All right, that's dope. And trash cinema. Sure, not a problem, man. Go, Yeah, all right, there's a little plug there for them. Uh, that works. Um, all right. Well, cool. Uh, I guess on that, we shall end. Thank you. Good night.